Good evening, Regen. Um, my name is Michael. My friends call me Zig. Uh, I have a new life in Christ, and I'm recovering from pride, porn, people-pleasing, and this week, uh, fear and anxiety. Hey, excited to be with you guys tonight. Um, so we are continuing um, our series in Ephesians 1. We just sang about the powerful name of Jesus. So we have been looking at what does it mean to be in Christ. And so before we open to our passage, I want to tell you guys a quick story um, about someone my guess is you've never heard of. I'll be shocked if someone knows this name. Has anyone heard of the name Thelma Howard? Okay. I, I wouldn't expect you to. Thelma worked for a man that you probably know named Walt Disney. So Thelma um, was hired as a housekeeper by Walt Disney in 1951. She worked for his family for 30, over 30 years and became a, like a, almost like an integral part of the family. Walt's grandkids had nicknames for her. And so she, she really was one of the, the Disney family. Well, Walt passed away in 1966, so she only got to work with him for about 15 years. But he did something interesting for the majority of people that worked for him at the house, which was just a handful, is that for holidays and birthdays and all the types of things where he would give bonuses, he would include a little bit of the um, Disney, like a little stock in Disney. And so in 1951, that didn't mean much. But Thelma never told anyone about that. She held on to that, the, the stock that she received from Walt um, for her 30 years there and continued. And in 1994, Thelma passed away. And as they were going through her estate, they began to realize that she had this stock and no one knew. At that time, the stock that she had received was worth $9 million. Today, that would be worth $85 million. So she had this stock. I, I take it back, only one person actually knew, and that was her attorney. And so she had decided how she was going to um, in, allow people to inherit this $9 million. That's a lot of money. That is a life-changing amount of money. And the majority of it went to her son. Now, th think with me. Imagine you get that phone call. Your mom has just passed away in the past week. You're mourning, you're grieving, and then you find out that she has left you millions of dollars. Thelma was a single mom. She was a housekeeper. It's not what you would expect. But yet, she did and her son came into an inheritance that completely changed his life. I'll tell you that story because uh, I think many of us are like Thelma's son. We have an incredible inheritance that for whatever reason, whether it's we're not aware of it or we don't understand it, that we don't turn to in the moment. And so that's what we're gonna be talking about tonight is that we are actually heirs in Christ. So we're going to be in Ephesians 1, uh, verse 11 and 12. 
And so let me read the passage and then we will jump in. So it says, In him we have obtained an inheritance, having been predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will, so that we who were the first to hope in Christ might be to the praise of his glory. And so tonight, what I want you to to know from this is that as an heir in Christ, you have obtained an inheritance that changes everything about your eternity and everything about your, your today. So we're gonna look at three questions to help you see that. The first is what is our inheritance in Christ? What does that mean? The second is how did it come about? And the third is, okay, what does that actually mean for us? So the first one, what is our inheritance? So this concept of inheritance, you're familiar with it. Um, maybe you're different than me, but uh, I did not grow up and, and receive a giant inheritance. Um, I hope I am surprised by that one day. I hope I'm like Thelma's son and someone calls me and gives me several million dollars. But that's just not the reality that, that, that I have been raised with. But it's a reality throughout the Old Testament. We actually see the idea of inheritance over and over and over in a ton of different scriptures. And so I wrote a zig definition uh, for what inheritance actually means. It's the means by which provision is provided from one generation to the next. And so you think a father will uh, give to his son, his son will inherit things from him, whether that would be land or uh, job or things like that. It was a way in which they could provide for themselves. And we see this throughout the Old Testament in the way that God interacts with his people. He actually has an inheritance for man. We see that from the very beginning in the garden with Adam, is that his desire is that Adam would inherit the world, that he would steward it, that he would cultivate it, that he would rule over it, and that it would produce good things for him. But we know how the story goes in that Adam chose to sin against God. He decided to do it in his own power and separate himself from the Lord and sin entered the world. And so we see this throughout our life. You're in this room and so my guess is you have experienced your own sin or the sin that someone has committed against you. But yet the promise still went on that God wanted to give an inheritance to his people. And we see this uh, most clearly in Jeremiah 31, 33 through 34. And it says, I will put my law in their minds and write it on their hearts. I will be their God and they will be my people. They will uh, all know me from the least of them to the greatest, declares the Lord, for I will forgive their iniquities and will remember their sins no more. And so God, God had a promise for us. And so the, the question we started with is, what is our inheritance? Our inheritance is the fulfilled promise of God. We will be God's people in God's place under God's rule in God's presence. That is the promise that he, he has given us. And that is what we will inherit in Christ. It's a beautiful thing that, that God is at work Uh, correcting, fixing, redeeming the world to what he meant for it to be. And so how how does he do that? We see that in verse 11. He says, uh, having been predestined according to the purposes of him 
who works all things according to the counsel of his will. And so there's a lot we could say about that, but what you need to understand is that God's plan, the the way he has been at work, is that he has sovereignly been at work throughout history to bring his plan, his promise to fulfillment. That this is even in the midst of our own sin and the sin of others, and you can go read the Old Testament and see that we, mankind jacked up a lot of stuff. Yet God was at work weaving his story that not even we could stop him from fulfilling the plans that he had. That's a, that's a really exciting thing. Think about it from Thelma's son's perspective. He did nothing to earn his inheritance. That was Thelma's plan. It was her plan. She executed on it. And at her passing, her son was given the money that she had set aside for him. The same is true for us, that it has always been God's plan to be with his people. And so we can see that throughout history, he has woven sovereignly his plan into reality. And this should do something for us. Uh, This should give us confidence. And so we see in 1 Peter uh, 1, 3 through 5, it says, Blessed be the God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance that is imperishable, that is undefiled, and that is unfading, kept in heaven for you by who God's power are being guarded uh, through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed to them in the last time. And so we see that because this is God's plan, he has protected it, that we have an inheritance that he has set aside for us. And there's nothing that we can do to tarnish that. It is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven by the power of God. So if you are in Christ, this inheritance is yours because he has worked it out. He was the son that worked for it. It is his by right And he holds it out to you because of the work that he did on the cross. Region, we can have confidence in the inheritance that God has for us. I love how one author, uh, one commentary put it. It says, as you sit here tonight and listen to God's word, do you believe and know and are confident that you have a right to the eternal inheritance, that everything, heaven, God, the new heavens, the new earth, Everything that the Lord has done is yours because this is the confidence that God wants to stir in us. We did not earn this, but he has given it to us just like Thelma gave to her son. The other thing that it gives us is it gives us hope. We see in Titus 3 uh, verse 7 that says, that being justified by his grace, we should be made heirs according to the hope of eternal life. And so we can live this life today knowing that we have confidence in the plan that God has promised us and with hope. And so I don't know where you are walking in here tonight, but that should be good news for you because whatever you walked in here with, it cannot thwart God's plan. He is the one who gives us our inheritance and that leads us to verse Uh, to the last point, 
Uh, and it leads us to verse 12. And so what does this mean? Why is this important? How should we respond to it? We should respond to the praise of his glory. This is actually a nod back to verse six that we looked at a few weeks ago that was a pray, that says to praise, uh, to the praise of his glorious grace. And so imagine if you're, again, Thelma's son and you get that phone call and you've just found out that your world, your life has completely changed because your mother cared for you in a way that you could not imagine. Think of the joy that that would produce in you. Think of the excitement that that produces in you. That's the response that we should have for God. Now, if you're anything like me, there's probably a mix going on within you right now. You're like, yeah, Zig, that all sounds great. Like, that, like looking to the future, that's awesome. But you don't know where I'm at right now. Like, I don't know what that does for me now. And that's where I love that God doesn't stop here. He loves us. That even when we are in rebellion against him, not only did he save us, but that he came near. And we see in verse 14, actually 13 into 14, um, it talks about that we receive the promised Holy Spirit who is the guarantee of the inheritance until we require possession of it to the praise of his glory. You see, God didn't simply just save you and leave you to tell you to figure it out. He actually said, I am now going to send my, son, oh, send my spirit to abide in you. You are now in the presence of God when you were in Christ. I am fulfilling my promise to you. And he refers to him as a guarantee. And this is, this is the idea that he is a down payment. That right now we sit in the not yet that we know that one day we will fully see God and we will fully experience his promise. But right now we, we don't, we, we grieve. Um, we get the phone call that a friend's dad has cancer. Th th that was my life on Saturday. And so we grieve, but we do not grieve without hope. We have a confidence that because of what God has done for us, that we can look to him. He has secured an inheritance for us. And so, as an heir in Christ, you have obtained an inheritance that changes everything about your eternity. One day, you will be, God, you will be one of God's people if you are in Christ, in God's presence, in God's place, under his rule, and we will experience life to the fullest. But he also meets us here today that because of Christ, we can have a confident hope and respond with praise to God because of it. Regent, I want you to know that this idea of inheritance, while it may be the future, the Lord has come near with his spirit that he is abiding with us today. So whatever you have walked in with, I want you to know that the Lord knows, he loves you, and he can change everything. And so we see this, what is our inheritance? God's promise fulfilled. How did it come about? Through God's plan. What does that mean for us? It means that we have the opportunity to, to the praise of God's glory. And so if you're in the room and you have yet to place your faith in Christ, I want you to know again that God loves you. Believing in Christ is the path to being in Christ. 
I wanna read Romans 9, or Romans 10 to you. It says, if, if you haven't placed your faith in Christ, you can respond this way. It says, because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. You will become in Christ. And so tonight, you're gonna to have the opportunity to hear a story of a guy who has been saved by God and he is now an heir in Christ. Would you please welcome to the stage, Trey. Trey.